0: 2 Samuel chapter number 6, verse number 10. Look what it says here. 2 Samuel 6, 10. It says, So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him into the city of David. But David carried it carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertaineth unto him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God uh, from from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. Amen. Let's pray and ask God to bless tonight. Lord, we love you. Lord, it has certainly been good to be in your house. Lord, your presence is so real, so evident. Lord, I thank you for it. Lord, we... We could come to church, Lord, and just have a series of meetings, but God, that's not what I want. I want your presence to settle in this church house this week and, Lord, do something in the hearts and lives of your people. God, that's my prayer daily. I want to see you do something great in the hearts and lives of your people. I love you. I love this church, Lord. Thank you for them. Thank you for our friends that are visiting tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I love this verse, Psalm 127.1. It says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Amen. This whole week we're talking about the home or the house. We're talking about what it takes to have a a godly home, a godly house. And listen, except the Lord build it, listen, we're laboring in vain. Amen. Amen. If we come in here and the Lord doesn't meet with us, Brother Jimmy, it's all in vain. I want Him to meet with us. It's not because of of my preaching or our singing, but it's because of the God of heaven who wants to settle in this place and do something in your heart and in your life tonight. This, uh, yesterday morning we talked about, uh, it was a homecoming, and I, I love homecomings, but we talked about getting all in. Listen, get all in for God. Listen, I about jumped in Brother Jimmy's lap over there. Uh, listen, I just want every person from, from the youngest to the oldest to get all in. Right. Listen, you say you might say, well, I can't do as much as I used to do. That's okay. God knows that, but you can still get all in. Listen, we, we, we young people think that they can't do anything for God, but I promise you, young people, God can use you greatly if you'll just get all in with Him. I wish. Now listen, I got all in with God in my late 20s, but I wish I'd have got in with God in my teenage years. That's where it would have, should have been at. And listen, it's hard telling what God might have done in my life and through my life had I got all in at your age. You get all in with God at your age, whatever that age is. Tonight I want to look at another aspect of the home. And listen, I cannot explain the importance of a daily Bible reading in your life, in your personal life. Listen, whether it's early morning, whether it's late at night, whether it's in the middle of the day, I don't care. But you get your Bible reading in because it's going to strengthen you. This message came directly out of my my daily Bible reading one day. And listen, I love to I love to pray and read in the morning, love to read the Bible in the morning. Listen, the kids are sleeping, my wife's snoring. I mean, it's it's a great time. It's a great y'all think I'm kidding. I'm not, man. I'm not. But listen, it's a great time for me just to get along with the God. Start my day off in prayer and in Bible reading. Listen, that is a wonderful way to start your day. And God gave me this message. Uh, just, just as through my, my daily Bible reading, I want to preach on this thought tonight. When God is in the house, when God's in the house, let me let me understand. Tell you this: it takes us about fifty minutes from our house to get to here, and uh, I, I can't imagine how many homes that we pass as we're driving along this this route every night, every night, every night. And I think about it so often, like we'll see people outside. We'll see them on, on Sunday morning outside or Sunday afternoon outside or, or Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday as we're driving along. And I think, I wonder what kind of house, what kind of home do they have, Brother Jimmy? Because see, except the Lord build the house, they, it's in vain. It's all of it's in vain. And can I tell you tonight, and I'm not speaking bad of anybody out, outside of this church or inside this church, but I'm telling you tonight, there's a lot of houses being built on vanity. Built on that sinking sand that we're going to talk about later in the week. Understand this. We need the strong foundation of Jesus Christ to build this house. Now, I've said it yesterday. I'll say it again. I'll probably say it some more this week. Nobody in here has a perfect marriage. Nobody in here has a perfect ha- family. Nobody in here has perfect kids. Hallelujah to that. Amen. But we do have a perfect Savior. And that's the difference. That's the difference maker in this world. So let's look at how God blesses when He's in the house. When He's in the house. Look at verse 10. Let's read that again. It says, So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him into the city of David, but David carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. Here's the background of this story. Now David is now king, and he's wanting to take the ark of the covenant back to Jerusalem. Okay? Okay? Now, this was in Old Testament times, the Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God. It represented the presence wherever that ark was, God was there. Amen. I'm thankful today that we've got, we are the temple tonight. Listen, if you've got Jesus as your Savior, you've got the Holy Spirit living in you, and you always have the presence of God with you. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. So earlier in this chapter, it's, it's, it's a weird name, it's called Uzzah. He touched the ark. They were carrying the ark by, by oxen, which was not the way they were supposed to be carrying the ark, but they did it anyway. And the ark, I mean, the, the oxen kind of tipped it, tipped the, uh, what if they were carrying the ark of the covenant on, and Uzzah reached out and grabbed it, and he died right there, right there. That should tell us how important the presence of God is in our life. That should tell us how we should reverence God in our life. Amen. So because the oxen shook it, the Lord killed Uzzah. And David was so frightened that he wouldn't take it any farther, he took it straight to Obed-Edom's house and he left it in there. And he left it in there. And in verse number 11, look what it says. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. You know what happened right here? Listen, God was in Obed-Edom's house. Yeah. And when God is in your house, you know something's up. Yeah. Amen! Yeah. Listen, God will change things in your house. I will never forget when my wife, and we were, first got married, I, I called ourselves Sunday morning Christians, Brother Jimmy. Amen! We went to church on Sunday morning, so the deacons wasn't knocking on our door Monday or Tuesday night visitation, saying, hey, where you been? Amen! That kept them off our back, brother. But I will never forget the morning that we were walking into church. My wife looked at me. Dylan was just a baby. I was carrying him in a car seat. I can still see it just like it was yesterday. As we were walking into church, my wife looked at me and she said, Honey, she said, I'm not saved. She said, I'm not saved. Listen, I was saved, but brother, I was not the spiritual leader of my house that I should have been. My wife said, honey, I'm not saved. And that morning, that morning, she knelt down and asked God to save her. And it changed everything, brother Timothy. I'm telling you, it changed all of our desires. It changed everything. Listen, we was working for careers and jobs and houses. And all of a sudden, that boat turned it. And the only thing we cared about was the gospel of Jesus Christ, seeing people saved, seeing marriages restored, seeing children loved again. That's all that we cared about anymore. Understand this, when God gets in your house, He will change everything. Everything. Verse number 12, look what it says. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertaineth unto him because of the ark of God. You see why it was blessed there? He wasn't blessed because he was a good husband or a good daddy or a good man. He was blessed because he had God in his house. And then it says this, So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. Listen. Listen to me tonight. How many happy people? I'm talking truly, truly, truly happy people do you know. I'll be honest with you, I don't know many. I don't know many truly happy people. But i tell you the ones that I do know. It's not the ones with millions of dollars in the bank. It's not the ones that have the big businesses and all the things, all the boats and the motorcycles and the toys that everybody says you have to have to be happy. The truly happy people that I know in my life, the ones that don't have hardly anything. They don't have much money. They don't have a big house. But they've got God in their house. And that's what makes the difference. That's what makes the difference. In verse 12, it says that Obed-Edom's house was blessed and all that pertaineth unto him. Oh, we need to pay attention to that. We're going to get there in just a minute. Let me give you three things, three blessings that come with God being in your house tonight. Number one, when God is in the house, He gives peace. Oh, I'm telling you right now, listen, there are people searching for peace and joy and contentment in their life. Listen, they're trying to find it in a beer bottle, a liquor bottle. They're trying to find it in a pill bottle. They're trying to find it in a rig. They're trying to find it in everything else. And they'll never find it unless they find Jesus and they have God in their house. Listen to this verse. John 14, 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Amen. Listen, if you want peace in your house, you must have God in your house. Amen. I remember years ago, years ago, Man, we was just getting started in this thing, brother Jimmy. And I'm telling you, man, we didn't, we didn't. I was working three jobs just trying to pay bills. We just trying to make it, honey. It was. Uh, she told me one time. She said, "You remember that December?" She said, "I thought we was gonna starve to death, man. We didn't have hardly any food in the house. But you know what we had? We had peace. My boys. Now, my boys have experienced a lot of things in their life, but one thing they've experienced is the peace of God." And I'll never forget one morning I was knelt down at my on my, at my couch in the morning. My wife was sawing logs. I'm telling you, I was praying. I was praying and she was sawing. Amen. And I said, Lord, thank you for a peaceful house. There's nothing, listen, everything else can be going crazy in your life. But if everything in your house is okay, listen, if God is in your house you can find peace and joy and contentment in your life. Listen, when God's in the house, there's peace in the house. Listen to this verse, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, I read it yesterday, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know what I believe Obed-Edom experienced in his house? I believe he experienced some peace. When, when God was in his house, I believe there was some peace in that house. Now don't answer this and don't raise your hand, but do you have peace in your house tonight? Amen. Now listen, we, listen we, all, we all have problems and faults and failures. Listen, me and my wife fuss all the time. She yells at me and screams. I mean, it's awful, guys. Oh, heart, but you know, the truth is we do have problems. The truth is we do have disagreements. The truth is that we do have to get on to our kids every now and then. Every day, every second, every minute. But you know what we do experience? Peace. Do you have peace in your house tonight? Do you have the peace of God? Well, Jimmy talked about peace of God and peace with God. Listen, you'll never have the peace of God until you have peace with God. Amen. Until you know Him as your Savior, you will never have His peace in your house. Never. Not only is there peace when God's in the house, but there's prosperity when God's in the house. Listen to Psalm 1, 1-3. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. That word blessed means happy. Happy. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the ways of sinners nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Amen. Amen. You want a prosperous life? You've got got to have God in your house. You want a prosperous marriage, you want prosperous children, you want a prosperous house that you can live in and have some peace, you must have God. Yep. Amen. Years ago, years ago, when Dylan and Lane were just little boys and they just started learning how to talk, I started teaching them the books of the Bible, Brother Jimmy. I'd say, every, we'd say prayers at nighttime. We always get together at the nighttime. And that's a wonderful, I would advise that for every family. You pray with your family at night because the devil wants to destroy what God wants to do. Yeah. Yeah. We'd get around in the, on the bed and we'd, we'd pray and then we'd start saying the books of the Bible. I'd say Genesis and they'd go, Genesis. Yeah. I'd say Exodus, they'd go Exodus. Leviticus, Leviticus. Numbers, Numbers. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy. Joshua, Joshua, Joshua. Judges, Judges. Ruth, Ruth. Listen, I'd go all the way through it. Before long, they could say all 66 books of the Bible. Now, I want you to understand something. Knowing the books of the Bible won't get you to heaven, but I promise you this, knowing the books of the Bible will, will help you in this Bible right here. It'll help you grow closer to God. Listen, when you have God in your house, there is peace. And when you have God in your house, there's prosperity. I don't care if my children ever make a ton of money, but if they'll live for God. If they'll find the one that God has for, them. and they'll marry that young lady, and one day Emerson—I don't want to think about her getting married—but anyway, I was praying one night. And I was telling, or that boys was praying. I told the boys, I said, "Pray for your future spouse." And then I said, "You pray that Emerson Rose never gets married." Amen. <laughs> My wife got me. She said, "Don't you dare pray that." She said we're going to be, she's going to need a man when we get to be 60 and she's just graduating high school. When she was a little baby, she'd get fussy. And I'd start singing. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. You know what I want for this little girl? I want her to prosper in her life. I want her to find the man that will love her like a woman should be loved. How's she going to do that? When God is in the house, she can find that. When God's in the house, she can find the peace that she needs. When God's in the house, she can find the prosperity that she needs. Listen, I'm not a very big man, but I'd fight the biggest joker in the world for this little girl. But there may come a day when I'm not here for her, brother. But I know this, there's a God that will always be there for her. Give me a kiss. Amen. Amen. See, when God's in your house, there's peace. And when God is in your house, there's prosperity. I love that song. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be His than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus Than houses or land. I'd rather be led. By his nail pierced hands. Than to be the king. Of a vast domain. Or be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus. Than anything this world affords today. Yeah, man. Listen, I can put my children's name right in that song. I can put my wife's name in that song. Listen, I'd rather us have Jesus than anything in this world. Understand that. So not only is there peace and prosperity when God is in the house, but there's also a promise. There's also a promise when God is in the house. Verse number 12, look at what it says. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom, and all that pertaineth unto him. Because the ark of of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. Did Did you catch that phrase, that all that pertaineth unto him? It didn't say some of what pertaineth unto him. It didn't say a little bit of in his house what pertaineth unto It said that everything that pertaineth unto him, God blessed it. When God is in your house, that does not mean the elimination of problems, but it means you've got God with you in the midst of your problems. Amen. That's what it means. When we have God in our house, I believe this, He will bless everything. Everything. Not only His family. I believe Obed-Edom's uh, animals were blessed. Amen. I believe his job was blessed. Listen, even his cars. He didn't have cars, but even his cars were blessed. Amen. <laughs> Whatever he had, listen, God blessed it. Boy, we've seen that in our life. That old Chrysler town and country we drive out there. Got 200, almost 287,000 miles. on it. Now, she might die on me tonight. I'm bragging on her. She might die on me tonight. 287,000 miles all over this country back and forth time and time again. God's blessed it, honey. Yeah. My wife told me we got that. She said, I oh, always shouldn't have got that vehicle. I said, this is the one, honey. I'm telling you, it's the one. I don't like the color of it. It's the one, honey. I promise you, it's the one. That car's took us all over this country. All over this country. See, when God's in your house, There's a promise. There's blessings that come with that. That many times we have no idea what those blessings are. Because see, it, it may not come this month or next month. It may not come a year from now. But can I tell you what the game I'm playing right now, Brother Jimmy, I'm playing for the end game. I'm not playing, listen, I'm not playing for the the first inning, the second inning, the third. I'm playing for the ninth inning. I'm looking forward. I'm looking for a home in heaven. I'm looking for all my problems one day to be gone. But I'm also looking for my children 20 and 30 and 40 years from now still living for God. I'm looking for your children. I'm looking for these kids. I hope if I come back here in 20 years, they have their kids here and they're still raising them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That God will be in their house. Their house. Where there's peace. Where there's prosperity. Where there's a promise. When I was in law enforcement, I got so tired of locking people up. I'd go to houses. I'd see kids that were abused. I'd arrest people over and over and over again. And I made it my goal, Brother Reed. I said... I said, I'm tired of this. I said, I'm tired of locking people up. I said, every time I arrest somebody, I said, every time I arrest somebody, I said, I'm a witness to them. I said, they're a captive audience. They can't go anywhere. (laughs) Amen. They had to listen to me all the way to the jail. I arrested this little lady one night. On night shift, I was taking her to the jail. It took probably 10, 15 minutes to get down to jail. Brother Jimmy, we listen to gospel music. I talk to her about the Lord the whole way there. We get into the magistrate's office down in Winston-Salem. This other guy had been arrested by Winston PD and he was not happy about being there. I promise you that. Most people aren't. I get it. I get it. He was over here running his mouth about how horrible cops were. I mean just... Run in his mouth. About how horrible we were. Just da, da, da. You just tune them out. you just doing your paperwork. Listen, you're just trying to get them done, so I'm giving them to you in just a little while and just get out of there. Amen. She told me she did 30 years in the jail. I said, God bless you, sister. Amen. Listen, I was just trying to do my paperwork and get out of there. This guy was running his mouth the whole time. And all of a sudden, that that little lady that I had arrested, she piped up and she looked at him and she said, Not my cop! (laughs) I like her. I don't like you. I like her. I said, What is she doing? She said, Not my cop. She said, My cop's a good cop. I said, ma'am, I just put you in handcuffs. I'm thinking, I'm thinking this in my mind. Just put you in handcuffs. I've just taken away all your liberties. I'm fixing to put you in jail. Why would you say that I'm a good cop? Right before I put her in a jail, she said, you know where I'm going Sunday? She said, I'm going to church. Woo! Woo! This lady saw a need for God in her life. This lady seen a need for God in her house. Now, did she go to church? I have no idea. But I know this, there was a seed planted that night. You know what our job is? Man, just sow seeds. It's not our job to, to make them grow. It's our job to, to sow them and to water them. That's all, we, that's all we've got to do. You sow it, you water it. You sow it, you water it. And one day, thank you Lord. One day, one day that, that fruit is going to start sprouting. That, that vine, that, that vegetable, whatever it is, it's going to start growing and it's going to produce something. It's our job to be faithful sowers and faithful waterers. God help us to show people that there's peace in our house. There's prosperity in our houses. And there's promises in the house where God is tonight. Can I say this? As we get ready to close, my wife comes to the piano. Let me say this tonight. God will never be in your physical house until God is in your bodily house you understand what I'm saying there listen if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior you can't have God in your house but if you know him as Savior the day my wife got saved I'm telling you it changed everything there might be a husband in here tonight that needs to get saved so that God can be in your house There might be a wife in here tonight that needs to get saved so you can have God in your house. There might be some young people in here tonight that need to get saved so that they can have God in their house.